We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Good everybody, welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Today I'm joined by my guy Nick Dunbar, aka Tedrick Lamar. Teddy, what up, baby? <laughs> Good, man. Yo, I had you on, guys. If you listen to that podcast, a three man weave, a couple months back. Shit, that was like right before yo, this all started, right? Yo, actually, I have to apologize because, well, I don't. I'm not gonna apologize, but I made a joke. It was a light joke. Remember when I coughed? And I was like, I had COVID, and like we were taking it very lightly at the time. And whole boy was I wrong. <laughs> Nothing to joke about at all. Some serious shit going on, bro. It was yeah, it was like pre, like um, you know, before it went really, really, really viral. You know, it was serious at the time, but not as big here in uh in the states. But damn, bro. Dude, I think uh, I'm pulling up right now when that episode actually released because I got it all archived right here. I think it was March, like late March. Nah, nah, nah. I think it was before that because I went to Vegas and I had you guys on before that. Right, because we were talking about Because I haven't recorded a podcast in person 
with some, oh March fifth, bro. Yo, it was actually the wow. week before I went to Vegas. That's crazy. Yeah. So that was right before. Yeah. Oh man. Bro. <laughs> Yo, time flies. I feel like I was there like <clears throat> three, two, three weeks ago with Chris. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. Shout out to Chris, my guy. Definitely gonna good get him guy. back on the show. I actually got some good feedback on that, bro. People liked your insight on basketball, so it seems like you know what you're talking about. Appreciate that somewhat. I you know. To, to, to a certain extent, Chris too. Hey, we, we we just bond well, you know. We got a good a good uh, camaraderie. Yo, so uh, I got I got a bone to pick with you. Okay. You're a big uh, sneakerhead, and you didn't tell me about the Flint Thirteens, bro. Yeah, fucked up, bro. I know those were your favorite. I remember you had the sweatsuit too when we were growing up back in the day, like one forty one to match the shoes. And yeah, I fucked up, so I owe you. I definitely owe you with that one. <laughs> Yeah, you told me about it a while ago, but then I completely yeah. forgot. We actually linked up yesterday. Dude, that's the first time that I saw anyone, man, since this quarantine shit. We all watched Same. UFC together. It was uh, Woodley and Burns was the headliner, if any of you guys check that out. Um, it was a pretty fun card, a lot of finishes. But, yo, that's been the first time that I've been out since the whole quarantine. Yeah, same here. It was good to see everybody, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'd be lying if I, you know, didn't say that it was in the back of my mind also like the whole thing like trying to keep distance and not be on top of somebody but it was just good to see everybody and you know get some fresh air yo i'm glad i have you on for this one because we're gonna be talking a lot a lot of shit about the nba nba rumored to be coming back and i do think that the ufc kind of laid the blueprint for all this shit happening because they were the first dog in town first party in town to really be open to having an event with no audience Right, and moving forward, yeah, absolutely. So, first of all, as someone who, what would you say from, a, if, if I'm a 10 UFC, what would you say your level of involvement is in the UFC? Or like, how much of a fan are you in the UFC? And and I'll, I'll give you a follow-up as to why I ask. How much am I a fan of yeah, UFC? Yeah, yeah, like, like how, how, how into the UFC I'm, are you? So, actually, my UFC, like, fandom came about because of you guys. Like, my friends influenced me. But I'm the most casual UFC fans. Usually Josh orders the fight or Josh will stream the fight and we'll all go there. And, like, you know, it's a time to, like, kick it and, like, catch up and, like, you know, hang out. But usually, like, the John Jones fights, the headliners, McGregor, Rousey when she was fighting. Now it's Amanda Nunez. You know, she's the top of the, the women's division. I'm, I'm a very casual fan. So I'd say anywhere from like a five to a six or a seven. Like I know enough to have a convo about it, but I don't, I'm not as knowledgeable as you guys. Like I can't do DFS on my own with it. You know what I mean? Right. So the reason why I ask you that is because I do feel like from watching social media and people that I know don't watch the UFC usually are like into it now because there's nothing else on live sports. Fair. Yeah. So have you, what did you think of? As someone that is a casual, you've watched it with both fans in the crowd and last couple of events I've been with no audience. How do you feel about that? Because I love it with no audience. I like the hearing the punches and the kicks and shit. Like, I, I fuck with that hard. You, so you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the same exact thing. I actually mentioned it to you yesterday. I actually enjoy it because you can hear the impact of the kicks. Remember that first fight? That guy's leg literally got almost kicked off of his fucking kneecap. Um, it was insane. He... uh just the impacts of the hits. Um, you can even hear the ref <clears throat> getting in there, breaking up the fight. He's like, all right, guys, or whatever the case may be, or, you know, at the end of the rounds and stuff. Um, just it's more, uh, I guess you're closer to the action, you can say. 
similar to when you know adding additions to like uh, the NFL it's probably going to be the same thing you're going to be able to hear the impact more of the hits going forward with like the NFL and stuff like that and other sports obviously follow suit the NBA is working on coming back and they're going to be performing in front of no audience and from the UFC it started the whole slippery slope the domino effect right we saw soccer kick back up last couple of weeks Make sure you guys are checking out some of the VMFC stuff that Alex is doing on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash veterans minimum cheap plug. But yo, Nick, the no audience, in particular when it comes to the NBA, right? Because I think of all the major sports, that's going to be the one, you know, no disrespect to hockey, but the NBA is going to have the most eyes on it when it does come back. And I don't know how I feel. I'm a little conflicted on the NBA not having fans. How about you? <sighs> um, yeah, I, I, I would definitely say I'm conflicted as well. But, I mean, it has to be done. Um, it's very similar to the Summer League games. I don't know if you know. Well, you, you definitely remember where they would have two versions of Summer League. They would start it off in Orlando. And do it essentially in like a training facility with no spectators at all. Only like player personnel and like trainers. Uh, you know, like um, then they take a couple weeks breaks and then they would go into Vegas and do it. And then they do it where the UNLV um, Rebels play and they have seating. Bro, we, I, 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 went, I went to Summer League when, we were in, when me and the guys were in Vegas. I saw Lonzo's, I Lonzo's rookie year. And that's when, that's when Kuzma was running wild. Because remember, <clears throat> Kuzma was the later pick. Everybody was yep. dick riding Lonzo. Uh-huh. He was going off. He was playing well. He also had like his pops, the whole factor with, with LeVar Ball. But there was a lot of Laker fans, dog, at that those games because how close LA well. is to Vegas, though, yeah. too. They always say like in sports betting, any any um, Los Angeles team, the numbers are always inflated because a lot of LA folks could drive over to Vegas, put a right. couple bets in, watch the games there. <clears throat> So, Summer League was dope. It was a really cool experience. And the coolest part about the whole thing is you see a lot of players just walking around and shooting the shit in the just, casinos. Just casually, yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a big-ass, like, um, like just a big-ass event. Like, especially kids that are trying to make the team, make rosters, undrafted players that you may recognize because you're into it further than other people. Walk right by people in the street. Some of the players in the street. But back to your point about the crowd. So, like, UFC is also a sport where certain players feed off of the crowd. And I think that's going to be the negative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, when the NBA comes time and they go back, um, I guess the home team, there's not going to be a home team, right? There's not going to be, everyone's going to be, it's going to be at a neutral site. <clears throat> no one's really going to have the clear cut advantage in terms of like a home court advantage. <clears throat> so all of those teams that were, uh, I guess load managing their players or mm. trying to get that number one seed so they got home court, all of that goes out the window now. And everyone's back on a clean slate and doesn't really have an advantage. They won't be able to feed off the crowd. Um, I, that's definitely a negative thing that's going to, you know, transpire during the uh, NBA coming back without fans. That's going to suck, I think. But uh, for the most part, you just got to keep the people healthy. So, I mean, if, if that's what's required, then that's, you know, they're obviously going to have to do that i think the the home court thing is definitely going to factor in right there's some teams like the sixers the the heat got really good home court advantages 
and now that's not gonna that's not gonna be the case. Like you're not gonna have that home court advantage to you. So I'm really curious to see what that's gonna be like. I'm curious to see what kind of shape these dudes gonna be in too. That's another thing, yeah. Cause I know you could take jump shots and shit and post a couple drills on Instagram and Twitter, but you notice you play D three basketball, right? Correct. So when you're playing in a gym, you're playing three on three with people, or you're hooping with us at the park, and then you got to go and play actual basketball. It's completely different. Absolutely. Well, one, the court size, <clears throat> you, there's no way to substitute an actual size of an NBA court, and there's no way to actual actually substitute or stimulate an actual in in game like activity. Like you said, you can do the drills in the gym, shooting jump shots, running on a treadmill, but you know the change of pace. The physicality of the game that you know gets miscon. You know, there's just parts that are that'll happen throughout the game that wear on your body that you can't substitute or practice for until you're actually playing in the game. And I honestly think this time off is going to help guys and the real professionals and the veterans like LeBron who knows how to preserve his body. I think he's going to come back. He's going to look fresher. He's going to have. He's never had this much time off. I think from basketball, a lot of them. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm I'm more worried about um, the injuries because I think the guys who maybe didn't take it seriously and weren't training and took this time off and didn't have access to shooting a basketball because uh, I don't know if you were watching the 2K tournament that they had on ESPN, but they were asking the players like Ronnie 2K was asking the players and the players were just talking amongst each other. Kevin Durant was playing Derek Jones in a in a 2K match. And he was like, yo, bro, when's the last time you shot a basketball? And Kevin Durant was like, bro, it's been, like, weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, would, you would think those guys have a basketball, like, in their living room, like, with a hoop that they could just get shots up. So <clears throat> I'm more worried about the uh, the injury aspect of it because it's kind of hard to kick it full motion right back into the, into the you know, full swing of things. Whereas, you know, you have your off-season, you have your off-season training, and then you kind of ease your way into it. Your preseason, maybe you're not playing every preseason game, you're playing every other preseason game but your body's getting used to it, right? As opposed to you just bang, full back into the swing, you know, these last couple games right into the right until the um, the playoffs start. Because they're going to start the playoffs up, I think, right away. They're going to do a couple of weeks with like 20 to 22 teams I was reading. And the final vote is going to be done this Thursday. And then from there, they're going to determine the, uh, the playoff format. But I also think this is going to be a good time to um, experiment with the seeding and do the top 16 teams. No, sorry, the top 8 teams. So yeah, sorry, the top, top 16, 16 teams, yeah. 8 from each div- 8 from each division. Conference. <clears throat> a conference, sorry. And you go from there. No east and west. Do the top 16 teams and this will be a good way to um cuz you, you you don't want to say the season's a wash, but you want to get something good out of the season. I think that would be something good to experiment with something like that. I'm really worried to see with the injuries Cause that kind of yeah. layoff to come back and you got to play playoff intensity basketball. Now it might not seem like it's playoff intensity because you're not going to have the home crowd and you're not going to have that element of it, which is a big element to it. That's why teams go hard to get home court advantage. Cause then everything got to go through them. Right. So I'm fascinated by it. Do you think, cause I don't believe so. And I, we were, we were shooting this shit with Dylan yesterday cause you're a big hockey fan and like we're all Ranger fans. And with them starting up, they're going to be in the playoffs, right? And Dylan was saying how, man, I don't know. Dylan's been on the show before, too, so some of the audience 
Uh, oh my god. Yeah, there's some uh, another asshole who didn't tell me about the 13s. Don't think I forgot, fam. <laughs> yeah, he needs to take some blame too. <laughs> yeah, the two biggest sneakerheads I know. Not 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 a peep, but we'll say that for a different podcast. Yo, he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna be tight if the Rangers win the Stanley Cup because it was there's gonna be an asterisk." You buy into that? Because I think as a fan, if my team wins a ring, they want a ring. I, I agree. I agree. Now, like. What about the years where there was a lockout or the season was shortened with certain sports like that? You know, the same thing happened. So, I mean, I, I, I got to disagree. I mean, if you win a championship, it's got to be said because you're competing against the best athletes in the world at that sport. It doesn't matter if you play a full season or three quarters of a season or maybe even half a season. You know, that's just the way, I mean, look at it, bro. This is the first time anything like this has ever happened in the entire world with this pandemic. So it's just unfortunate that it had to happen and, and, you know, the seasons get shortened, but I don't think you should take anything away from any of the teams that win. You know, it just happened to be the circumstances for that season in that year, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't take anything away from those teams. Like, no one remembers that the 99 Spurs won on a lockout year. Thank you. All you say example. is that Tim Duncan got five rings. No one's like, well, he has four and four, one is an yeah, asterisk. Four and a half. Yeah, no one does that. Absolutely, that's a great point. That's so, exactly what I mean. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold that against any team or any fan base that's like, yo, I just won a championship, like for sure, because it's also not something that just happened to half the league. Like it's yeah. the whole, the everyone was dealt the same hand in this situation with the Corona shit. So. Exactly right. It is what it is with that. For me, if I'm a fan and my team has a chance at a ring and they get one, even if it was under these circumstances and even if they didn't deserve it because this break benefited them, so be it. Yeah. Yo, do you think Do you think it's going to be like chalk? Do you think it's going to, like, even with them coming back, has your perspective changed on what teams you think might make noise? Or do you think it's more wide open now? That's a really good question, and I, I I'm sort of a professional say, now, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I uh, <clears throat> most definitely, <clears throat> excuse me. I honestly want to say yes to both. I honestly still think that obviously the top teams are going to be. We're talking about basketball, right? Not hockey. No, no, we're it's talking about be, NBA. Yeah. Okay, it's going to be the Lakers, the Clippers. For the West, for the most part, I honestly don't think. You know, there'll be people that'll like maybe win a game in the series against them, like teams that'll win a game maybe, but I, I don't think those are the two top teams. That goes without saying. And then the East, it's going to be the Bucks and maybe the Raptors, maybe it'll give them a shot because mm-hmm. they, they're still without Kawhi. I don't know if you know this, the number one team defensively in the league. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. You know, that goes to show you how good defensively they, they really are. Um, and maybe the Sixers, but I, I still think those teams will. Uh, will remain at the top and then you get your teams like the wild card like you were saying the heat really like the heat they were playing really well right before this happened i think the pandemic hurt them the most out of any team so i i think a team like miami is a team that shit i i've actually invested in them to win the east and to win the finals but there was a hedge opportunity that's why i did that but i really thought there was a roadmap for them to avoid milwaukee until, until the eastern conference finals i think with them it's that miami flu bro where that's a real in, right. in the betting world that's a real home court advantage that, yeah that's a that's a legitimate thing that gets factored into the lines and in the betting world that's like a real term the miami flu the vegas flu right you saw the golden knights i was talking about it on this podcast i was just on this week shout out to the boys over at full slate those are real terms that get factored in because 
the Golden Knights, bro, that first year they go to the cup. I think they dropped a handful of games at home that year. And bro, like you're you're coming from Florida, you're going to Vegas, you're gonna be there for two nights, so you're not gonna hit curfew, son. Like, come on, man. You a you're a rich ass athlete and you're in Vegas. Like you're gonna go you're gonna go rage. Of course. And you're gonna have a good time. And the same shit happens with Miami, bro. I'll never forget. We went down there for Danny's bachelor party, and I I bet on the Heat minus three over the Nets because I got word that Jared Dudley and all those boys were at live until 7 a.m. the day of the game, and then they were playing wow. a 7.30 tip. I was like, yo, they're not going to have no legs under them. Minus three, they won by 30. They were up 30 at halftime. Easy and it was, money. So, Did you bet the half two? I, nah, I didn't. I should have. Oh, right. I should have. Yeah, easy money. Easy money. But yo, a little, May, a little Mayweather action, but the quarters get crazy. <laughs> yeah, but dude, on a serious note, like that's some shit that I think this layoff in these circumstances is gonna hurt teams like Philly. Is gonna hurt teams like, um, the Heat. Is gonna hurt teams like Denver. Right, Denver, they got the high altitude. The altitude, right? absolutely. Utah has a really good home crowd also. Fans are a little crazy. They've had their issues. But it's a good home court advantage for them. So I think I think it's going to it's gonna hurt some of those teams. Back to my point that I was making about like the professionals are, are going to take advantage of this. And I think this makes the Lakers an even bigger favorite now if they weren't one before to win the finals now when the season resumes with no fans being in the stands and everyone playing at Disney World because, I don't know, did you see the report that uh, LeBron was holding private workouts at his house with certain teammates? He was having like uh, two, three teammates come throughout the duration of of the the whole uh, social distancing when, when I think a couple of the NBA teams got the green light to open up some facilities, and then he allowed people to come into his house. Yeah, because he's got a facility that he trains at. So he must was be nice, two right? Or three teammates, crazy, right? <laughs> but I mean, someone like that is just like so locked in. Like I know he's a family man now. He's older. He knows clock. He knows his clock is ticking. You know, he's trying to catch Jordan with rings. He, he's trying to take advantage of these opportunities. Where I think is like the younger teams, like maybe like the Heat, who could have been like a wild card, use this time to like. You know, be a kid and enjoy not having to worry about playing an 82 game NBA season where like, like, is like, like focused, like he wants this ring. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Tyler Harrell might be a little distracted, right? Tyler Harrell, all NBA first team on and off the court. If you know, you oh. know. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Dude, uh, let's take a break real quick. I just got to do an ad read, and then I got to ask you about this Damian Lillard shit that I kind of asked you in passing, but I'll give you the full story. And it kind of ties into everything that we're talking about. But from Bet Online, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus, and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. And Nick, I did that in one take, no cuts, no edits, because I've gotten really, really good at what I do. You're, 
You're a pro, bro. It's as simple as that. Pro's pro, you know what I'm saying? Yo. Yo, you and Danny, by the way, really quick, bet, bet online, put me onto that website. Oh, yeah. Like, back in the day. And you can actually play uh, card games and shit on there, too. Like, yeah, I'll play yeah. Blackjack. I was getting wild, yeah. Yeah, in the Pretty poker cool room. I know all about yeah, it. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. find me there getting crazy. <laughs> Man, and now they're a sponsor of the show. So you know what I'm saying? It's nice. It's nice. We're living good. Love, All right. Love, love when things come full circle. Let, let me ask you this question. And it kind of ties into everything that we were just talking about with these players coming back and the no audience, the the ideas of the sickness still not going anywhere. You happen to catch this Damian Lillard versus Dan Orlovsky beef? I did. All right. I did. I, I know what Damian Lillard said, but I don't know the full story in terms of. Uh, so let me give you let said. me give you and the listeners a little bit of a rundown, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on this, and I want you guys to chime in as well at Veterans Minimum. So Dan Arlovsky, former backup quarterback in the NFL, now he's transitioned into a, a media guy with ESPN. He actually was named the fastest riser in Sports Illustrated's 2019 Sports Media Awards. Um. Damian Lillard was interviewed by Yahoo, right? And he said, if we come back, this is Damian Lillard speaking now. If we come back and I don't have an opportunity to make the playoffs, I will show up to work. I will be at the practice. I'll be with my team. I'm going to do all that. And then I'm going to be sitting right on the bench during the games. Dan Orlovsky lost his mind and like ripped him, called him entitled, called him spoiled, called him a lack of leadership. And he just went off on Lillard's comments and Damian Lillard just came back at him. And I, I think Damian Lillard kind of violated <laughs> because Lillard was like, Lillard tweeted entitled and spoiled MF motherfucker. Watch your mouth. My background, family and character couldn't be further from entitled and spoiled. I said what I said. <laughs> and then he said, here comes the mic drop. Here comes the, the gut. The gut punch followed by the stunner. You sat out your whole career, basically. Because <laughs> he's a backup, bro. Yo, he tried to apologize, but Lillard was like, nah, man. Take it up with Skip Bayless and all those hot takes. Um, how do you feel about that? Like, Lillard, he's one of the best players in the league. I love Damian Lillard. He's probably my favorite basketball player. Are you with him or are you against him with what he's trying to say, though? I'm with Lillard and what he's saying. Um, I may be a little biased toward him, but I think what he said is fair and it makes complete sense. Because if they don't have an actual chance to win the play, um, to get into the playoffs and play for something, the season's a wash for him. You know, he wants to start training and you know get on to next season. He knows the um, the obstacles and what it takes to get. You know, he, he, he's one of the players and one of the superstars that haven't got to um, to get over the hump, really. So he doesn't want to, I guess, throw... Not to, I guess not... Because not, he... I feel like he's throwing the rest of the way of the season by doing that, but I think it's in a good way. I mean, I'm kind of contradicting myself saying that, but I think he feels like he can use this time maybe to train on his own and get ready for next season, if that makes sense. I just think... After this kind of layoff, and we talked about it, you don't know what your body's going to be like. Injury risk. That too. That too. Say, all right, so yeah, let's say he does come back and he plays and he's going full throttle and he ends up 
having like a crazy injury like how Derrick Rose had. Mm. You know, that's that's the other thing too. Like it's gonna be on the coaches to be making the subs right and giving certain players a certain amount of playing time when they first come back and then I guess gradually increasing the playing time as the season progresses into the playoffs. But um like when that happened with this is a little off topic, but like when that injury happened with Derrick Rose, the Bulls were up thirty in a playoff game. So you had no business being in the game. Yeah. So that's what I mean by like I guess maybe that's in his mind. Maybe he doesn't want to get injured, or maybe he just doesn't feel the need to, I guess, compete if they really, you know, realistically don't have a shot at winning a title. Because, I mean, let's be honest, I really don't think anybody's touching the Clippers or the Lakers, bro. Right. Well, I don't want to get too too sidetracked, right? Because I think, like, if you're Portland right now, as I have it in front of me, do you know where they're sitting in the in in the seating? I know they're. Uh, I want to say twelve or eleven. Yeah, like they're not. It's not like they're the. He's not saying this as the, they're the fifth seed. Like the whole right. argument is that, yo, they're right now, looking in. they're ninth, right? They're ninth, but they're only a game and a half up of. They're two and a half games up on the Suns, who are in the thirteenth seed. And they're three and a half games back of Memphis due to the tiebreaker. So if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm kind of saying the same thing. Like, yeah, if I don't have a chance at it, which you do, you do have a chance right now. So maybe he, maybe he does play that first week back, but if they, if they, if they go on a four game losing streak or they, they win one of four games and then they're out like, yeah, dude, I'm someone that, and people get tight when they watch football with me. I'm a Giants fan. When the Giants are down 30 in the fourth quarter and Saquon Barkley's getting carries, I lose my mind. I'm like, yeah. get him off the field. Get Dan- get those guys off the field. Like, I don't give a fuck about your fantasy team. Like, I need him to win. So the get him off picture. the field. The, the bigger picture. Yeah, and if you're Damian Lillard, I totally, I totally side with him on that. The- that's what I meant to say before. Like, I, I feel like he's looking at the bigger picture. Like, another one like him, like I was saying, he's a superstar that hasn't been able to get over the hump. And, you know, they're still trying to, I guess, join another superstar with them so they can make a, an actual run and maybe compete with the Lakers. But, um, yeah, maybe I guess he's just thinking like that. Like, play a week, see how it goes, and then just, walk, you know, scrap the season and start fresh next year. I just don't see nothing wrong with that. If you're – if like – He's been there for so long. I think he's developed enough clout with the organization and should be even with the fan base in Portland, which ultimately those are the ones that you should be rocking with if you're Damian Lillard because they're the ones that are paying the money to go and see you. And they love him. Yeah, they're, they, they're like so loyal to him because he's been loyal to them. Like Right. He's been one of the few guys that has been super outspoken about I'm not going to chase rings. If it comes, I want to win in Portland. They gave me the chance. You know, Weber State. That's right. Not a big program, wasn't getting the offers coming out of college, and then he falls to them over there, and he's made a name for himself, man. He's one of the he's the reason why I first got league pass, so I could watch him, right? Like a Tuesday yeah. night, you watching a nice West Coast game at ten thirty when they were not on TNT or NBA TV. It's dope. So I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said, man. If you're like, why are you why are you running Christian McCaffrey into the ground if you're Carolina? Absolutely. When you're when you're four and eleven going into that last week, sure you want to get them some bonus and accolades, but for the most part, I just think you want to preserve your athletes. Yeah, I think I think the reporter spoke out, and Damian Lillard just put him in his place. You know, I mean, he he 
not saying who is he to comment on basketball because he played football. Like, that would be ignorant to say. But, I mean, I thought he got put in his place. That's that's all. I mean, Damian Lillard has a really fair point by saying that. Yeah, I really didn't. I, I really didn't find anything wrong with that. And I think it's been, you know, there's clout behind Lillard, bro. Like he's been he's been doing it for a while, and he's built a reputation in the league where he's respected. We talked about how he's been with the same team all these years, and other players like him. There's no negative media buzz behind them like he's never done anything right. crazy there's no backlash there's no allegations or any rumors with him like he's yeah. he's by the book so for you to come out yeah. and, and and say some shit like that about him I, I felt like it was out of line and i love what damian lillard did he clapped back yeah yep, exactly yo what would you say is moving forward right like they're saying how next year's nba season would start on christmas everything will be getting pushed back where you begin the NBA finals in like July and August as opposed to June. Are you like, is that something that interests you? It interests me in terms of, this is really selfish to say, but having, having DFS <laughs> pretty much go all year round <laughs> because it, it, there won't be any stops. Usually you and I, we get a break during the summer, right? There's no basketball or, Right, and then right, right. we get that nice break from June through when the finals finish up and all of that. But um, it'll be interesting, and it'll be new, and I, I, I'm for it. I like it. Um, it's going to suck because usually October comes, basketball's here, but now we got to wait till Christmas. But now what's going to happen, is that going to be the case going forward for the year after that? Like, when are they eventually going to have the quick turnaround? Are they, or, or, or is that going to be, like, forever? I think it's going to be the thing moving forward because then what are you going to do right you're going to start december you're going to end august then you're going to start october so you could get back to how it was traditionally i can't see them going that i think moving forward that's what's gonna i think all the leagues are going to get hurt by this except for football because for the most part a lot of places are opening up now with the corona yeah and it's still an issue in the u.s the coronavirus but I think with football, they don't really got to be – they got to make a decision probably by mid-August on whether or not they're going to play the stadium. And knowing just how the NFL is, they're going to definitely do all they can to make sure that they are playing and they're, they're there gonna for kickoff. The yeah, yeah. yeah. They're going to they're gonna push the limits and they're going to put their chips on the table. So I, I agree with you about selfishly, bro. I'm going to be into that. Because you'll get sports going through the summer. Because really, you just have baseball in the summertime. And they also say the dog days of baseball. Dog days of summer. And like, yeah. yeah and, and you're a really big Yankee fan and, and baseball fan. And you just did the yawning and, thing, too. And I'm not watching 182 games. I'll tell you that right now. Right. So, 162. 162, sorry. Yeah, you combined the 82 of uh, the regular <laughs> season NBA to that. But, bro, I, I, uh, I think it's going to be crazy next summer because the olympics got pushed back the euro cup got pushed back if you have the nba season being pushed back and like that's when you'll get the finals that's going to be a lot of events going on summer is going to be awesome because now you get nba late into summer so like i'm a really big fan of that um I always thought basketball was a summer sport too. You know, a lot of it gets paid, played throughout the fall into the winter and then into the early spring. 
um, I'm for that basketball being in the summer. I'm definitely for that. All right. Last thing I want to ask you, just to uh, give some people something to uh, maybe go and binge watch or, or do. What you've been watching on Netflix? Give us a series that you've been... Give us like Ooh. something you've watched during quarantine. Because you've put me on to Outer Banks. And I just... I, I'm about halfway through that. I fuck with it. It's pretty interesting. Um, Money Heist still the GOAT, though. Money Heist is good. Money Heist is very good. Um, so so what haven't I watched? Um, Ozark. Mm-hmm. Um, Money Heist, of course. <clears throat> Outer Banks is really good. There's a show Hollywood on Netflix that's really good also. Um, it takes place in the 1930s, I believe, and it's about um, actors moving out to Hollywood and trying to make it big. And it's more like in-depth. There was a lot of like sleeping around and stuff you had to do in order to get like parts in movies and stuff. And uh, Queen Latif is in it. Really good uh, show. It's a different show. Davino actually was telling me about it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. But uh, Outer Banks was really good. I enjoyed Outer Banks. There was another documentary on there called Operation Odessa. Uh, was a good one. It was about a um, a Russian mobster uh, and how he was in cahoots with the Cali cartel, and they wound up building him a thirty-five million dollars submarine to transport cocaine. Damn, so it's, it's pretty wild and interesting. You should definitely check that. I one fuck out. with I the cartel. Keep- Anything cartel, bro. I'm really like, yeah. Yo, my favorite thirty for thirty ever. I'm not gonna talk about the the last dance because that's a different like say that's a docu series right yeah and I know it's a thirty thirty production but dude my favorite thirty for thirty ever is the two Escobars you ever seen that one with love the, col- the col- I mean love the documentary it- with um and uh Pablo es- Pablo Escobar ordered the uh the hit I don't want to give it away but yeah well well I mean everyone knows about it but it wasn't actually it turns out like it's not Pablo Escobar that did that to Andreas Escobar who was a soccer player. They actually that scored the own goal. That scored the own goal with Colombia in the World Cup against the United States. Colombia had just won the Copa America, which uh-huh. is like winning the Euro Cup in South America, right? So you're the best team in South America. And Pelé came out and said, yo, they're my pick to win the World Cup going into 94. And he scores the own goal against the United States. They ultimately get home. They get sent home early. And... He was always fascinated by Andreas Escobar, the defender, because when he would see Escobar on the back of the Colombian jersey, he took like pride in that. So it's crazy, bro. It's my favorite 30 for 30 because I've always been fascinated by the Colombian cartel and Pablo Escobar. Right. Um, you know me and Colombian chicks. <laughs> and you and soccer, too. And then with soccer, last yeah. but not least. You know what I'm saying? So... It's a really good 30 for 30, man. So when you said that about the, the cartel thing, that's the first thing I thought about. Cause that's a, so what, what happened then? If Pablo Escobar didn't order the hit, who, it was a different, was it? it was a rival cartel. Okay, gotcha. And it gotcha, was gotcha. just like a, it was just a, somebody said something to him at a bar. It was kind of like a setup to a lot of okay. unknown though. It's never really because, been discovered. Because there was a lot of like, I guess conspiracy theories or rumors that Pablo Escobar had a shit ton of money on the game too because he gambled. And, um, and that's a, gamble like that's another thing that that documentary shows how a lot a lot of kingpins dog back then yeah. owned soccer teams. Yeah. And one big part about that documentary is that you could win your league 
right? Like you could win the Colombian league, but the Copa uh, Libertadores for my Spanish folks, that is like the Champions League of South America. So winning that was like huge. Big bragging rights, right? Big bragging rights over the whole continent, not just the country. So there's a lot of shit like referees being uh, hits being put on refs. Like I'm laughing because it's crazy. It's a yeah. crazy. I highly recommend it. It's dope. Ric Flair's documentary was also sick. The Thirty for Thirty. I saw that one. My favorite Thirty for Thirty is Unguarded with Chris Heron. Oh, word. yeah, yeah. And he was going meeting his drug dealer in the parking lot, doing an eight ball of coke, and then going to get thirty in the Boston Garden. Like, yeah. Mean, and you know he turned his life around, life around, complete three sixty, and now he's like a motivational speaker. He has like a kids and family and stuff, and really dope, really really dope story. But also, have you seen um, Narcos? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, Come on, sorry. dude. I just went and, on this rant about Escobar. I'm not going to see fucking Narcos. No, of course. I was going to say. And <laughs> also, uh, the Epstein documentary was pretty, like, wild to me, too. Yeah, that just... It was interesting, and I didn't... I had no clue. I knew what was going on with the, um... With the trafficking and how he was molesting and raping, you know, underage women. But I didn't know the severity of it and how far along it was it was over hundreds and hundreds of, of girls and it, it was crazy to me it was, it was, it was like a huge deep dive really really out of control um yeah it, it was it was one of those things where it shows you like what what power could do and power right. like all the people that he knew also he, he was buying people yeah and saying the district attorney like crazy, crazy yeah shit. cops everything it, it's cool yeah. i want to give some people some people have been asking me about what i've been watching so Hopefully, as uh, I know in New York in particular, we got another two weeks of this lockdown and then things are going to be opening up. Well, phase one, though. Easy there. Phase one. Yeah, phase one. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Nick, I appreciate you hopping on the show. And, Absolutely, uh, shooting bro. Good to see you and me. talk to you. Yeah, man. Yeah, where's uh, what's your social media handles and shit? Um, Nick Dunbar, 718 on all social media platforms. Um, peace and love to everybody and, and be safe for sure. And... uh. As far as I go, it's at the Lamp Show at Veterans Minimum was where you can find the show. And Nick, I'll catch you in the gulag in about ten minutes. <laughs> Sounds good, bro. See you there. I'm feeling the stream. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.